this is Charles Haley. You're listening to Nothing But Niners. So now they've got to start from deep in their end of the field, and Garrison Hurst takes advantage of it. He takes the handle, hits to his right, gets to the 20. He's at the 30. Needs to cut in. He comes back up the right sideline. Breaks the third tackle. Comes down to the 30. He's down to the 20. He's down to the 10. He's down to the 5. He's down to the end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown. 96 yard run from scrimmage. Garrison Hurst breaking tackle after tackle. Sweeps down the sideline. Throws off bodies like clothes after a marathon. Young, back to throw. In trouble. He's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs. Gets away again. Goes to the 40. Gets away again. To the 35. Back to the 30. To the 20. Click, click, boom. What's going on, faithfuls? It's your boy, Mike, and we are back. We are live on Patreon, man. Hopefully, you guys are enjoying this Patreon live exclusive content we are bringing to you guys tonight. My man, Tony, is going to be joining any second now. He's getting off of work. He's punching out as we speak, and he will be joining live. But before we do, man, guys, I want to talk to you guys about a couple of things, man. Uh, The Niners are now in Mexico City, in Mexico, for the international game. And uh, listen... I, there's a lot to discuss going on here. Um, the the team is uh, talking about how rough this week of practice was, and they talked about that they think it's going to pay dividends. They started slow, according to all the reports. Uh, but what exactly does that mean? We are going to break all of that down here today. Uh, it's just it's a lot. Sorry, sorry. Excuse me. Oh man, that's what happens when I have a beer. That's why I got to stop with that stuff, man. Oh, no more. All right. So uh, for everybody who is watching right now, shout out, make yourselves known in the chat. I see Chanel is in here. What's going on? Niners Chanel. I appreciate you, man. Hopefully things are well. Still praying for you and all that, my man. But, uh, you know, listen, we have a fun episode planned for you guys. I'm going to try not to jump into too many of the topics. I think Tony was expecting me to run through all the different, um, you know, all the different things. Uh, I am really hoping the Chargers win this game, man. I really am hoping the Chargers win this game. They are driving right now. It's first and goal, two minutes in the game. This is good. This is really, really good. All right, man. Oh, I love I love football, man. I love Sunday night football. I love a good game. All right, my man Tony is here. You give me a thumbs up when you're ready to jump in here, and I'm going to pop you right up in here, man, um, so we can go ahead and get the he's, – he's, he's rotating camera over there. He's making me dizzy. You ready? All right. I see the thumb. There he is. Let's go ahead and switch to the dual screen. Tony, what's going on with you, bro? How you feeling over there? Oh, I'm tired. Um, just got to work. I'm really looking forward to this game. I'm a little worried about it, to be honest, but that's it. How are you? I'm well. I'm well, man. You know, I I don't have many things to complain about anymore. Um no, we, we we are going to talk about a couple of different things, Sony. I'm going to get into one of my little conspiracy theories, maybe two of them, actually, maybe two of my different conspiracy theories. But let's start 
with one that uh, I think you're going to enjoy. This is not a conspiracy theory, by the way, not a conspiracy theory, but just a couple of the topics that we have to go over tonight um, because I know we are on limited time here. So let's just start with uh, a screen share. All right. This is going to be our head coach, Kyle Shanahan, talking to the media. And uh, I want you to tell me, I'm just going to play the very beginning of it, okay? I want you to tell me what you think about what Shanahan says right here in the beginning, if anything stands out to you, okay? So here we go. We're going to play this bad boy. Kyle's walking up to the podium. Let's unmute. Let's, uh, let's go full screen. What's up, guys? All right. Injuries, um, Armstead will be out this week. Samson is questionable. Go ahead. Believe it or not, guys, that's all I wanted you guys to see. All right. Tony, what stands out about that, man? Armstead out, Ebocam is questionable, and that's it. What does this mean? What is he not saying? Is there anything in here to take away from that short, short injury report? To be honest, I don't know. It was kind of weird. And it's kind of actually good to hear it finally that there's just two people. But I don't know if there's like hidden something hidden behind it. I mean, you got to be open, I guess, with your injury reports. It's got to be reported to the league by a certain date. But, I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, it's just the fact that, you know, Ebukam is questionable, right? Like, that's that's it. He's a big deal. Everybody else on the team is up and they're ready and they're healthy. Um, the Niners, is, are, is their luck changing on the injury front or am I looking into it too much? Because normally at this point in the season, that list is a lot longer a lot more yeah. questionable guys, a lot more people missing practice. I haven't heard much about that. What do you think? No, yeah, I think their luck is changing a little bit. Thank God. I mean, finally, we get a little uh, break and uh, some good luck with the uh, actual injury reports. But, you know, I think the main, obviously, the key cog is getting Armstead back to make that playoff run. Evocom, I mean, I hope he plays this week, but I'm going to get into something as we get a little forward in the show about why one of the reasons why I'm a little nervous about that game. Well, I tell you what, we can go ahead and do that now because everything else I have is going to be based off of things that I saw, that I heard, uh, not much about the game because we're going to be doing two shows tomorrow. Uh, I don't know if you're going to be on that show, so I'll let you get your thoughts off here. Uh, but when I get home from work tomorrow, probably going to be going live around 4.35 p.m. Eastern. And then obviously we'll have to go off the hour before kickoff. So um, what, are you, what are your thoughts here so far, man? Um, what, are, what, what are you nervous about going into this game? Is it is it cold? Is that what you're worried about? I'm nervous about a couple of things, right? And the number one thing I'm worried about is if a lot of people, I don't know if a lot of people remember this. I'm about 99% correct, but there was a game that was scheduled to be played on this field. Um I don't know how long ago it was, but the game was actually canceled due to the field condition of this field. And, you know, with all the injuries this team has had and finally they're getting through and working through and uh, getting over that hump, I'm just, in the back of my head, I, I know that they canceled the NFL game because of that field. It was canceled by the league office, if I remember correctly. So... That's just one thing in the back of my head, but I mean, if you want to go into it, I'll go into a little more. It's up to you. No, no, no. Let's go, man. Let's do it. Um, Cole McCoy versus uh, Murray. I, and before we go into that, I think this is a big game for the 49ers. Um, this team has struggled versus the Cardinals. 
I think this team has a lot of weapons on offense. Uh, some guys up in age, some guys with a little injury history. Uh, they reported today that Hollywood Brown will not be up for this game. Uh, so that's a plus. But I just don't like this team. This team's strength is like the quick game and the screen game. And the 49ers' weakness, it's not a weakness, but if a team goes quick game, it voids out, it limits the pass rush, right? So if you're getting the ball out under two seconds, that don't give a chance for that defensive line to get back there and, and make a play. And this season, this team has showed repeatedly that they struggle defending the screen. And that is like a staple of Arizona's offense. Granted, Zach Ertz is out, uh, so that's a blow to the offense. But you still have Hopkins, you still have A.J. Green, you still have Rondell Moore, Hollywood Brown is out. So it kind of like lessens the blow, or should I say lessens the weapons on offense for Colt McCoy. And I kind of feel with the offense that Kingsbury wants to run, I'm kind of getting the sense that it's more efficient with a McCoy type running back because McCoy plays to how he's instructed now he's taught you drop back bang you get the ball out where Murray sometimes doesn't do that he doesn't um, follow instructions from his coach you see him on the sidelines throwing temper tantrums he has blowouts with a, with a, with a, with a teammate and uh, Hopkins coming off the field the other day so I just feel like this offense could be a little bit more efficient with Colt McCoy, and that's what's scaring me. It's not the running, obviously, because Murray would be the more dangerous runner. Well, I don't know, because with the hamstring issue, but just the quick game and getting the ball out quick and getting the screen game, I think it could give the 49ers a little bit of an issue in this game. And that's why, like we spoke in our group chat today, I honestly, with the elevation, I want to see Kyle line up and just ram it down their throat. Keep possession. Do what you got to do, tire them the hell out, gas them, and then you want to throw the ball, you do it. But possession, running the ball, and, and, you know, letting them feel the full effect of the altitude. Because don't think for one second they're not going to go tempo and try to gas us out of it. So our best defense could be our run game against Arizona tomorrow night. I agree with you with some of the points that you said there. Uh, mainly that the offense for the Cardinals seems to run more on schedule. Doesn't mean that it's always good, right? But they're more on schedule with a quarterback like Colt McCoy in there. They're more efficient. The passing game and the passing plays, the timing and the rhythm of that offense does seem to click a little bit better uh, in that sense. You know, um, the, the one thing that I am uh, going to – well, not disagree, uh, because you're right. If there is a weakness on this defense – it is absolutely the screen game and, and things like that. But the Niners, two weeks in a row, made really good adjustments uh, against that. Uh, it started with the Rams. I felt like the Rams were going to screen us to death, right? Uh, and then they go out in the second half. They make phenomenal adjustments. Uh, and the screen game wasn't really what the – wasn't really what the Rams were hoping it was going to be. Uh, same can be said for the Chargers as well. You know, they really went out there and did their thing. Uh, I think we'll be okay against the screen. We'll have a couple of struggles, right? But they'll figure it out. Uh, they'll learn the. They'll learn how the Cardinals are going to do it. Now, who's willing to block and who's willing to not? Uh, and that once you once you go ahead and oh boy, once you go on and make those um, discernments, I think that the the Niners will will be okay. I really really do. And if that's the biggest concern. 
then by all means, let's go ahead and, you know, like, let's, let's go. If that's the one thing we have to worry about, uh, then I think we'll be okay. What I'm more worried about is the run game for the Cardinals, believe it or not. I want to know how effective and efficient they're going to be. And it's less about the names that are out there and more about, you know, just the run game itself. Uh, the Niners, in my opinion, I know that last week, you know, against the Chargers, we held Eckler to some ridiculously low number on the season. Uh, but can we continue to do that? Do you think that the run defense is going to be a, a strength for the Niners in this upcoming game? I'm hoping so because I think James Conner is, is an underrated running back, big physical back who can move. Uh, and I, I think he's the guy that gave us the fits in the screen game, if I recall, um, in past games. But just I, I just want to say one thing about um, – but we're not talking about defense. We'll stick with you on that. Uh, I'm, I really hope that they can step up and stop the run, and I really hope that they can step up and alleviate or try to contain and slow down that that screen game from Arizona, like you said. Um, I think it will be a tall test because I just think with Colt McCoy's ability, and I'm not saying Colt McCoy's a better quarterback than Kyler Murray, but what I'm saying is he plays – to the design of the play call, and he will stick to it. He's a veteran backup quarterback. He does what he's told. He wants to play. So where Kyler Murray tries to create a little bit, hold it a couple seconds longer, scamber around, and then try to make an off-script throw. So I think the Niners need to play discipline versus um, – not discipline, but I think they just have to play on top of their game and stick to their keys because the ball's going to come out quick because they don't want Bosa in the backfield. Their offensive line is banged up again from what I heard. And the only way you stop that defense is to get the ball out quick. And, and that is what the Arizona offense is about. Quick strike, tempo, get the ball out. That's why I'm a little nervous. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to see how, how they look, man. Um, you know, uh, I want to – you said there was something else you wanted to discuss. You can go ahead and move over to the offensive side of the ball if you'd like, and then uh, we'll get to the other topics that I have on deck for us this evening. This, uh, real quick about the defense, um, they have two speed rushers, Marcus Golden and Maje Sanders. Um, we got bonus coverage last week, and I remember clicking to it, watching a couple plays. I'm going to tell you right now, I am worried about, I'm going to say, I'm going to worry about Michael, Michael Glitchy with the speed, with Maje, Maje Sanders and Golden. I think they're going to have to chip every route out of the backfield, that defensive end, or they're going to have to keep a tight end. Probably not Kittle, maybe Warner, maybe Dwelly, <coughs> or Juice Flex off the right tackle's hip. Um, because, we, listen, McGlitchy struggles against power. He can't um, anchor. And if you get a true speed guy that can get that edge around him, it's going to be a problem. So I think the Niners will have to adjust and accommodate Mike McGlitchy to help him with the speed and to slow that rush down from their end. But, you know, I, I just want to see this team. I think this is a test for this team, and I'm going to say it like this, right? They won games. They, they lost games that should have been lost. Arizona, in their head, thinks they're something. The 49ers know what they're about. They're, they, they've been tested. They had their obstacles. They, they made it through injuries. They lost games they should have won. I just want to see this come. This team come out and make a statement and say, we're here right now, 
Kyle's in his groove. Two weeks since the three weeks since the addition of McCaffrey. I'm really looking forward to see what Kyle has up his sleeve. With this offense, all healthy, and how he's gonna attack that defense. I'm looking for I'm thinking this is gonna be a statement game for the 49ers. Not technically by score, but I think it's gonna be more of um, um, production, possession. Success on third downs. Keep that train of thought and build that confidence in this team so they can go forward and make that push into the playoffs. The Chiefs just scored with 30 seconds left. The score is 29-27. The extra point coming is going to be huge. Can the Chiefs pull off the dub or will they be upset by the Chargers? Man, what a game. What an absolute game, man. Three touchdowns for Travis Kelsey on the night. Wow, wow, wow. All right. Uh, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I just got a little distracted here. You know, since the Niners have uh, added Christian McCaffrey, I feel like they really have been in the groove with the offense, you know, especially with all the other weapons healthy, Tony. Um, I'm not overly concerned about any opponent going forward. Um, and that include that includes this Cardinals team. You know what I mean. Um, if there's a trap game on the schedule, it's probably going to be the Seahawks game, uh, just because of how they normally play us. Pete Carroll gets that team uh, really, really well prepared for the Niners uh, year after year, no matter who's out there and who's not out there. So uh, we'll have to see what happens. You know what I mean. But I, I have a lot of confidence with Kyle having his whole gamut of weapons out there. You know, and last week. Uh, we ran the ball a ton. I know. You, I know you said that's one of your keys and how you think things should play out. Uh, but the 49ers ran the ball what 40 something times last week. Yeah. So you I know, think let me see. 18, 14. That's 32. Plus another nine more. Yeah. So 41 rushing attempts last week. Uh, I, you know, if 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 that's what we need to do, then cool. Uh, but like I said before. I'm not opposed to, you know, the check downs and all that with the, with the running backs, you know. Uh, we didn't see a lot of it last week. Christian McCaffrey had four receptions. And Elijah Mitchell only had one. But it's still an option. It's still a weapon. Christian McCaffrey is averaging 10 yards reception uh, on the season so far with the Niners. So that's a positive thing in my opinion. Yeah. I don't think it's a trap game. I think this is more like a game that – it's going to be a self-scouting game to the 49ers to see where they are exactly. Like I said, you have a team that's hungry, and in their heads, they still think they have a shot. Um, yeah. I they want to see where they're at right now. The Niners, at least. So I think I was, I was, good. I, go ahead. Good. I think they're going to be okay. I do. It's just I just want to see like, and, and people are saying like, "Oh, Debo's they're they're not getting Debo involved." No. He, Kyle Shanahan is not the type of guy that's going to spread you out and just force it to his weapons. Kyle Shanahan is the guy that's going to sit there and take what the defense gives him. And that's the way, that that's his MO, and, and that's his success. And when you have this many weapons, you're not going to get consistently, like, you know, Kittle for 100-plus, uh, Kittle and IU for 100-plus, with Debo with four for 50. You're going to get a guy that's going to have a new game, a big game each week because that's going to tell you where the hole is on the defense. And with the addition of McCaffrey, with the the, the addition off the injury list with Mitchell, Juszczyk back, Kittles, 
up and running, healthy, knock on wood, no issues. You have Ayu, Debo, Jimmy, who's improved his success rate on third down. He's starting to ball. He's starting to, to execute those third downs where he was having issues and struggling in the beginning. But it, there's all positives. I, I just want to see them put it together and, and just play their game. I want to see the execution be there because watching tape on this team, I'm telling you right now, three-quarters of the time, the, the quarterback time, the, the timing is off on the play in the pass game between the quarterback and the receiver. And that's why you always see Jimmy, like, hitch it real quick and then throw it, and then that's when you see the receiver kind of stop in his tracks. The pass I want to throw out to you was last week when uh, IU ran a slant, and Jimmy hit him right in stride, and IU actually picked up like 8 to 10 more yards after the catch. That is a perfect timing route sequence. Now, the plays where Ayuk ran that route and he kind of fell to his knees and the ball bounced off or he missed it in the end zone, that wasn't a timing route. So that shows you that the timing on that concept was not there, whether it's the receiver, whether it's the quarterback with a hitch. We don't know, but I want to see that improve. All right, something we'll definitely keep our eye on as the game goes, and we'll discuss those things a little bit more tomorrow uh, on the pregame show. Um, <clears throat> so I saw some critiques of Kyle Shanahan and his decisions uh, to take the team to Colorado. He was trying to get them used to some of the higher altitude, albeit Mexico was going to be another 2,000 feet higher than where they were. Uh, and even the presser uh, that Kyle did, he was winded. He said, yeah, I just came up all the steps to get here. Sorry, I'm a little tired. This is a guy walking up the steps. Uh, Tony, do you think Colorado was the right call? I saw people saying, oh, well, he had him out there in the cold. It's not going to be cold in Mexico City. Uh, why did he do it? Uh, it was a waste of time. And then the other knock on it, the flip side was, uh, well, Arizona stayed at home. Why do we have to go out there? What are your thoughts on all of that? How do you think that uh, affects this team? Do you think that Arizona was a little too lax and too, too, too uh you know, uh, lethargic with their approach, or do you think that what the Niners did is going to pay dividends? Do you think it's going to be beneficial for the team? Two different theories, two different beliefs. Uh, Kyle truly believes in the sports science. Um, I mean, think about it, right? If you're practicing running around in the cold at a higher altitude, that's tough to breathe. So now you're going to go up a little bit higher, and it's not going to be cold. So maybe he kind of joked it off and made it seem like, Oh, well, our, uh, our scheduling crew didn't take into account for the weather. Like, come on. Like, you're going to, you're going into Colorado in the heart of November. You've got to factor weather in. So, like, no, I don't take that as a grain of salt. I think they have proof and studies that where if you're up in elevation and cold, it does something to your lungs. Because I, I think it's a little bit harder to breathe in the cold. I know when I jog, it's harder to breathe when I jog in the cold weather rather than it is in the warm weather. So I think maybe it was like some type of conditioning that they did at the higher altitude so that when they go even higher, it's going to be warmer, but the altitude is going to be higher. So the lung could be, I don't know, conditioned, if you will. I'm not 100% sure. I'm not a doctor, but I'm just trying to dot the I's and cross uh, the T's. So you think it was a two-parter, you know, the cold makes it harder, then the altitude makes it harder. Uh, we're going to deal with the altitude, but it won't be cold, so hopefully it balances itself out a little bit. And we'll, yeah. we'll see. We'll see, how, we'll see how that works out for the Niners. Um, you know, and, and then if you watch some of the pressers, uh, every player was asked about the elevation, the cold, and all that stuff. And they all said, yeah, when we first got there, it was rough. The first practice there wasn't good. 
um, you know, but they said that, they, they, you know, they got used to it and they adjusted and they had a, the final practice that was there in Colorado was good. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out, man. Uh, I just didn't like the, the people questioning, like, why he did it. I thought why he did it was fairly obvious. You know, I just, I, I don't know, man. We'll, we'll see what happens. If the guys are out there and they look gassed, um, we can't blame it on their ability to breathe, that's for sure. If they're gassed, it's just because they're gassed. That's the offense or the defense and the plays. You know, I don't I don't think it's going to be based off of just the aptitude. Um, well, well, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, you talked about Ayuk earlier. I want to talk about him right now, right? Media is loving Brandon Ayuk. Uh, during the pressers, uh, all the different players that were up there, Debo, Kittle, uh, Fred Warner, all of them were asked about Brandon Ayuk. And I want to ask you this question. Um, why now? Why Why is the media all of a sudden just showing all this love to Brandon Ayuk? He hasn't done anything phenomenal, right? He's out there getting 60, 70 yards a game, uh, five or six receptions, but he's, he's not he's not lighting the world on fire. Why are they all of a sudden uh, talking about Brandon Ayuk's success? Because you're, you're starting to see the flashes. And again, it all curtails back to the addition of um, – uh, Christian McCaffrey, right? Any like I noticed a couple times where if Christian McCaffrey came out the flat to the right, you kind of saw the defense shifted to, to the to the way he was going, and by that, but with, with that, it kind of opens things up, and that intermediate route and that deep, that you know, a little bit further than intermediate route runner, Debo and Ayuk, <clears throat> I think they're just projecting this based off of the benefits that Christian McCaffrey could give to this offense just by standing on the field, never mind going in motion. So, like, you see the flashes with IU, but what I'm going to call out for is more consistency with the hands. we got to stop dropping balls, man. Balls. Um, you, you need to make these catches. You know, that was a touchdown. There's no excuse why he could not have meant that catch because the ball literally went right through his hands, under his armpit, incomplete. You need to make that catch. Niners go up by a touchdown. You know, I don't remember. Maybe it was, but it would have been at seven points on the board. And, you know, that's where you need to take that next step. He's, he's He came on strong. He sluggled his sophomore year. Came back year three. You want to keep seeing him progress. And I think it could happen with the benefit of a healthy roster. And I, I think it could just help him in, in continue his progression. Oh, shit, I didn't get gas. <laughs> please, please don't run out of gas out there, okay, man? Um, so Brandon Ayuk is on pace for a 1,000-yard season right now. Uh, he, he's on pace for 1,071 yards if he were to, uh, you know, carry out his averages uh, throughout the 17 games. Uh, he's got four touchdowns so far, so he, he's on pace for eight. Um, and he, 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 like I said, he's been – He's been okay, right? Like, he, he's been playing pretty well. Uh, 84 yards against the Chargers. Week before that, 81 yards against the Rams. Week before that, 82 yards against the Chiefs. Week before that, 83 yards against the Falcons, right? So, these with last four games, what was that? With two touchdowns. Yes. Right? Two touchdowns against the Falcons, one against the Rams. So, uh, in his last four games, here he is, 80-plus yards, and he's averaging just under a touchdown a game so i mean he, he's out there doing his thing I, I i'm very happy to see it um i guess the question is does it continue 
uh, with all the other weapons that are out there, is Brandon Ayuk the forgotten guy, or is this part of what was going on with the season's plan? And uh, that's going to take me to my first conspiracy theory. All right? Uh, Brandon Ayuk's year, I don't think this is an accident, Tony. Um, we saw, uh, as soon as the team decided that Trey Lance was going to be the guy, uh, we saw the, the bonding with him and Trey Lance, Brandon Ayuk and Trey Lance, right? Uh, we, we saw how they were making a concerted effort to be together all the time, constantly running routes. Anywhere Ayuk was, uh, anywhere Lance was, Ayuk was there. Um, and so I think that the team made an effort to go out there and, and build that rapport with those two guys. Um, and I don't think it was just about those two guys. I think it was the game plan all along. Uh, I don't think that it's an accident that Ayuk is is stepping up this season. What do you think about that, man? I uh, like was was this his year to be the lead wide receiver for the 49ers, regardless of who the quarterback was? Um, yeah, I, I can see it, but I think they pushed it more for the Trey Lance connection because of the style of Jimmy. Um, how Jimmy wasn't throwing the ball down the field, uh, sticking between the numbers, you know, the, 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 the usual issues from the offense. But I, I, I kind of feel, and it's good and it's bad, like, because they have so many, so many weapons, like, like I said earlier, Kyle's not going to force the ball to these guys. He's just going to go with the defense that gives them. So, and that kind of makes me feel that it's going to hamper production-wise from Depot, from IU, from Kittle. So it's going to be a week-by-week basis. So I just feel I think I think IU's ready to make that step. But again, he's got to be more consistent with his hands. And I do think the plan was to be IU Trey Lance, like you said. All right. Uh, and then I guess, uh, how do you think? How do you think the other players on the team, the other pass catchers, all the other uh, players on the team, how do you how do you think that uh, they feel about that? You know, there's a lot of guys getting paid a lot more money than Brandon Ayuk on this team. The, the running back Christian McCaffrey, uh, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, these guys are getting paid significantly more money than Brandon Ayuk, mainly because he's still. What do you think those guys feel about their usage in the last couple of games? I don't think it becomes an issue if they keep winning. I think it becomes an issue if things start to fall apart offensively. Um, because then you're going to get the guys, well, give me the damn ball, I'll get it done. And you know what I'm saying? So I think as long as they keep winning, I think the 49ers, that group of offensive players at the skills, at skill positions, I don't think you're gonna. It's gonna become an issue as long as they keep on. It seems like the formula for the 49ers uh, is to play games where they spread the ball around, like you were saying. Uh, but I just think it's weird. So check this out, right? Actually, you know what? Let me play this clip here. Me, I'm gonna put yourself on mute really quick. I'm gonna play a clip here, part of our conspiracy theory here. Well, my conspiracy theory. Let me not. Let me not group Tony in with this because. Uh, these are not Tony's words. These are my own. But uh, I want you guys to see something here, right? Uh, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break down some numbers right after this. So check this out, right? This is uh, one of the last questions George Kittle was asked at his presser 
And I'm wondering if we should be paying more attention to what's asked here and his response. So hopefully you guys can hear this. Take a listen. Let me know what you guys think. That being said, scoring points has been a bit of an issue this year. You haven't been getting the ball as consistently as in the past. So have you gone up to Kyle yet and said, can I get the ball, please? Um, yes and no. I mean, have I walked into his office and said, can I give me the ball? No, I haven't done that. But, I mean, I tell Jimmy on the sidelines all the time, and I always tell him, like, hey, I'm open. I'm, I'm in one-on-one coverage. I'm available. Just throw me the ball when you need me. And uh happened last week. You know, I'd love more than two targets, but it is what it is. We're winning the game. So, uh, but, yeah, I love the ball in my hands, and um, I like providing a spark for the offense. Body language is saying something to me, man. Body language is saying something. And I do believe he's honest. You know, it doesn't matter too much as long as we're winning. But do you think George Kittle is unhappy with his current usage? Now, before you answer, let me just break down his stats the last four games the same way I did with Brandon IU. okay? Chargers, one catch, 21 yards. Now, in my opinion, that was probably the biggest catch of the game. That was to keep the chains moving, and it was a drive that ended up leading to points. Uh, we needed that. It was a big third down. Um, the game before that, three catches versus the Rams for only 39 yards. He did get in the touch. He did get a touchdown, though, right? But then, looking at these next two games, six receptions, 98 yards against the Chiefs for a touchdown. In a game the Niners lost, we're getting blown out in, right? Uh, Falcons, another game where the Niners lost, eight receptions, 83 yards. Like the game that the Niners are winning since the addition of Christian McCaffrey and the emergence of Brandon Ayuk, if they're winning those games, George Kittle is not a part of the game plan or he's not a large part of the game plan. Tony, am I looking into this too much? Was his body language? I know you probably didn't watch it when I played it, but I'm sure you heard it. Uh, what, what do you take away from all that, man? I, I think the key thing when he said was winning, right? And then he also doubled back. And then when he said spark to the offense, George Kittle is the guy that gives the spark to this offense. I'll tell you straight up. I think it's Kittle and Debo, hands down. Once, once If their offense bogs down and it gets a little stagnant, you'll see Kyle dial something up for Kittle, like on, on, down the seams, a uh, shallow crosser with room in front of him designed, and or Debo with a bubble screen or, like, you know, an intermediate crosser. Kyle knows what he has, and he knows when he's starting to sense, like, okay, we're not doing anything right now. Let's get this offense going. Like, last week, what did he do? He hit, he hit George Kittle on that shallow crosser, and he just took off and ran with it. That's that's what Kyle does. And I honestly truly believe, Kyle, I believe Kittle when he says that, that, you know, it's about winning, but... I like to be be able to provide a spark to the offense. I couldn't see the body language though. Are you about to get gas now, or you already got it? Yeah, I'm trying to get gas. There's no gas here. All the pumps are covered with plastic. Oh, I was gonna say I'll I'll play it again when you stop for gas. Uh, that way you can see the body language because, um, it 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 matches with his uh his tone. And so when, when you pull over, I'll play it again there, man. Um, <clears throat> and I'm not saying that this is an issue. So don't, don't, uh, 
please no one take that the wrong way. I'm not saying it's an issue at all, uh, but I am concerned. I, I am concerned about uh, how Kittle uh, will be will be used going forward. So uh, it looks like Tony finally found a gas station there. Uh, so I'm going to get ready to put this Hold video on. Hold on, Mike, give me oh. one second. All right. Uh, once Tony gives me the thumbs up, I'll play the video there. I know he's got to – I see the attendant over there with him. So I'll get ready to play this just one more time uh, so we can see what Kittle had to say. All right, let me find my spot here. Good. All right, here we go. I'm going to go ahead and pop this bad boy up here one more time so Tony can see the body language. The good thing is it's only a minute or not even a full minute. So this should be over well before you're done getting gas. All right, so here it is one more time for you guys. All right, Tony, I don't know if you want to go on mute so you can hear it, but it's up to you. That being said, scoring points has been a bit of an issue this year, and you haven't been getting the ball as consistently as in the past. So have you gone up to Kyle yet and said, can I get the ball, please? Um, yes and no. I mean, have I walked into his office and said, can I give me the ball? No, I haven't done that. But, I mean, I tell Jimmy on the sidelines all the time, and I always tell him, like, hey, I'm open. I'm, I've been one-on-one coverage. I'm available. Just throw me the ball when you need me. And uh happened last week. You know, I'd love more than two targets, but it is what it is. We're winning the game. So, uh, but, yeah, I love the ball in my hands, and um, I like providing a spark for the offense. Did you say earlier earlier that you've spoken to people who played in both Denver and Mexico City? Did you you seek them out? I mean, who who did you talk to? Oh, I talked to Kelsey because, I mean, he's one of the only tight ends I know that played down there. Um... All right. So I, I let it go on a little bit more because as soon as that question was over, you could see his body language change immediately. Tony, what do you what do you take from take away from all that? I saw that. I saw that. I saw. I saw what you're talking about. Like that. 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 Like that quick twitch with his hand when he pointed back, looking down, with that like frustrated look. Like you know, like. And he did this little head twitch thing. He's like, uh, you know, like uh, you know, it is what it is. You know, little head twitch there, man. I, I'm. I'm just saying, man. I don't know. <clears throat> My man almost just got. Never mind. What happened? Everything all right? I'm sitting in the car. My man comes walking right up on my car, and I'm sitting there. And I, you know, I, I put my hand on. You know, I don't know what the hell is going on. He comes charging at my window. I was about to say, "Yo, whatever." <laughs> but he was talking to the cat attendant. I was like, "Yo." Uh, That's why. Okay. I got you. I understand, man. I understand. But yeah, so <clears throat> I'm just wondering. If this is something that we have to keep an eye on, you know, um, it, and you know, it's hard to it's hard to say how players feel, right? I, obviously, winning is everything, uh, but a, another part of that question was uh, the 49ers are struggling to score points this year, right? And again, if you go back and look at these last couple of games, right, 22 points against the Chargers, that's after a bye week. Now, granted, we put up 31 against the Rams, that's the Rams, 23 against the and we play the Panthers, who are a bad team, 37 points. Play the Rams, 24 points. 
Broncos 10 point, Seahawks 27, and the Bears only 10. Points are at a premium for the 49ers. There's a lot of weapons out here. How do you feel about the production of this offense, Tony? I mean, are you more concerned about ball control and getting the W, or do you think that there's a problem here that with the team scoring and their and their ability to score? They're not they're not scaring anybody, any of these big teams as far as like, oh, the Niners are coming, they're gonna put up points on us. I don't think they're scaring anybody. Uh is that is that just Kyle being Kyle? Like I don't need to do more, or is it uh is it a concern? Um, I mean, listen, we're 49er fans. We have an issue with this team that have explosive offenses. Um, we don't have that now. Now, the question is, is that, A, the coach, B, the coach trusted the quarterback, the execution of the quarterback. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you this. When this team needs to go down the field, they go down the field. So that tells me something. Kyle has this thing where, okay, it's go time. He dials shit up, boop, 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 and then they stall in the red zone. That's a whole different story. But I just think that this team, it's, I don't want to say this because I kind of think it, it doesn't, it's, it's going to come off right, come off wrong. I think Kyle just does enough just to win the game because I think, He's going to unleash in the playoffs. And to be honest with you, if you look at the history of the 49ers minus that game versus uh, Green Bay, week 18 versus the Rams that got us into the playoffs, the offense went nuts. Well, not nuts, but the offense was very productive, was very aggressive. They attacked downfield. Um, And then you look at the NFC, the Dallas game, the offense was a little bit, there was a lot of, left on the field versus Dallas. But then the NFC Championship game, they kind of got a little bit aggressive, and Kyle would throw in and run in. And I just think Kyle waits until he needs to be aggressive. And when he is aggressive, you see it. And that's just the way I think he is from watching him for, what, six years that he's been here, seven years he's been here? I just feel in his head when he feels it's time to go, the offense goes when it's that time where it's like kind of like, okay, well, you know, we'll get it on the next drive. That's when it gets stagnant. And I don't know why it's like that, but like, I'll give you an example. The Kansas City Chief game, we went out, we, we went up 10 nothing, right? The Niners got punched in the face and they took the lead, if I'm correct. I think it was 14 10. I don't know off the top of my head. But the Niners, 14-10, and the Niners drive down to get a field goal. So they go into halftime at 14-13. Yeah. And they just showed the ability to, to fight, like to respond. But then shit got crazy and it went out of control. But my point is, you see the team flash. You see this offense flash. The problem is the execution needs to become more consistent. And my thing is, you could take somebody, you could teach them to you turn blue in the face. But if that person doesn't take what you're teaching them and puts it to the field, that's where the execution goes bad on this offense. Because there's times where the offense goes flat, but then there's times where the offense just comes out and, and, and attacks you. 
and we've seen it several times, especially on scripted plays, but there was games where, where they were beyond their script, and they're still attacking, well, not attacking, but they're still moving the ball down the field. Granted, it didn't finish in a touchdown, but you see in between the 20s, it's a dangerous offense. They just need to cross that hump in the red zone. They have to improve their red zone. They were, I think, a top three rated offense in the red zone last year, and they took a little step back this year. I think it's coming down to Kyle getting to the chemistry, to what he has now, and I think eventually it's going to improve itself once he figures that package out with the talent that he has now. Well, it's funny you mentioned the Chiefs game, right? The Niners only punted the ball one time in that entire game, and they only put up 23 points. Now, granted, there were two interceptions and a fumble, right? So if you count those in there, that's four punts. Uh, and the reason I'm putting four punts is because we also, in that game against the Chargers, we punted the ball four times, and we put up 22 points. So is that is that it? Like, we got to... Like just cut back on the punt and and the turnovers, and we can score more points. I mean, where where's the solution? Do you think that that's uh, one of a, a shortcoming of Kyle Shanahan? Like the urgency. Like he says every time they ask him, "I want to score on every drive. I want to score on every play." But we can't. We don't. Um, do you believe it necessarily? I think Kyle Shanahan likes to go out and evaluate. I don't think he goes into every drive saying we have to score on this drive. I think he's evaluating some things. I think he's looking at what the opposing team is giving him so he can do it out on another drive. But is that a yeah. fault, maybe? Is that a fault of Kyle Chainham? Should, should he not coach that way? Should he coach as if every drive is the last drive? What would you? What, what do you think about that? It's not because if you think about it, football is a game of chess. And if he go, if he has a script in place, once he comes out of a script in place, he see he'll run his offense. And he sees how the uh, the defense will adjust to his offense. So then, on the next drive, it's a trickle down effect. See how it see how it like you know how they respond. You make the changes on the next drive. How that drive changes, you do it on the next drive. This is Kyle Shanahan's offense, guys. I'm going to tell you something right now. Everywhere this kid went as a coordinator, his offenses were very productive. Even in Cleveland. He had offenses that put up numbers with Hoyer as a quarterback, with Manziel as a quarterback, with um, the, the, the guy with the Texans, uh, uh, Shaw, as a quarterback. Foster, he made an undrafted free agent into a top 10 back for three seasons. He had a perennial monster as a wide receiver in Johnson. So you're you see why the 49ers excuse me. You see why the 49ers hired Kyle Shanahan. But now my question to you is, do you see any of those concepts in this current offense? And then the next question would be why? I don't think it's a change in his philosophy. I think it's because he's what he's working with. So he's trying to make the best and adapt to the strengths of his players, receivers, running backs, quarterback. Because remember, Mike. We talked about it since he started drafting. He's getting people that get the ball out quick out of Jimmy's hands, wide at Jimmy's strength, and he's getting people that can make plays, pick up yards after the catch. Debo Samuel, top five guy with a ball in his hand in the NFL. McCaffrey, dangerous out of the backfield. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, a tank in between the tackles, can bounce outside. Ayu could go shallow to deep. Kittle, yak, man, yak, yak monster. So 
He identified the strengths of his team, the strength of his quarterback. He added the pieces to help his quarterback become successful. And now it's just all coming together and piecing together. And it's going to come to a head. I'm telling you, this offense will take that step. Now the question is, will it be with Jimmy Garoppolo? Will it be with Trey Lance? We don't know. But with the addition of McCaffrey, it's only going to make it easier for Jimmy. You could only double-team one and take away another so much to the point where someone's going to be free wide open. So Kyle's playing the numbers game, which Kyle is a numbers guy. So that's his plan of attack. This is what they hired him for. Granted, he's not putting the numbers up that he did with Atlanta, Houston, Cleveland, Washington. But I'm telling you now, the production's there. It might not be at the rate that we want it as Niner fans, but I'm telling you, it's, it, it's got to go up. There's way too much talent on this team. Kyle just has to get in sync with his play calling for that group of personnel and the rotation. So it, I'm happy right now, and I'm really just looking forward to the rest of the season. Sorry. I said, I know you said that it's because of what he's been working with. It's not the same as his production on the other teams. Uh, have you been disappointed with Jimmy's production as of late? I think Jimmy's improved a little bit, to be honest with you. I've been very harsh on Jimmy. Uh, we're not seeing the throws where it's like, what the hell is he thinking? What does he do? Who is he throwing it to as much as we used to? He added a new he added a new uh, part of his game. He's starting to throw the ball away now. Now, is it a coincidence that his numbers are better and the de- the, the offense uh, possession turnover ratios is improving because he's throwing the ball away instead of making stupid throws and just throwing it up in the air? He's not taking sacks. His sack totals went down because he's getting the ball out quick. I, I just think it, I think right now, the 49ers offense is like that perfect storm that's coming together. And it's going to come together. It's going to get the energy from the hot water, meet with the cold air, blah, 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 blah. And it's just going to be literally a perfect storm. They're going to mer- Everyone's going to merge, and it's going to take off. It has to take off. Kyle Shannon is too good of a play caller. He's too creative of an offensive, uh, offensive mind, and he's got a ton of talent on that team. And, like, when we made this trade, I told you from day one, I think the pressure's more on Jimmy than it is on Kyle because Jimmy's got to execute this offense and distribute the ball. Remember that. Kyle can put the guys in position. The players got to execute. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how things continue to play out. Guys, that's really going to do it for us tonight. I don't have anything else to go over unless there's something that you want to discuss, Tony. Um, That was, you know – that was, that was really all I had to discuss. And uh, I like what you were saying there about the perfect storm. It'll all start to come together. These guys are going to learn to work together. Uh, it's a lot to distribute the ball to all these players. You got some really big names, some very good players. You know, a lot of teams will kill to have half of the talent the 49ers have on the offensive side of the ball. And that stuff takes time to put together and come, and come together with, you know. Um, I guess my if I had to come up with one more question for you, Tony, uh, last week, you know, or yeah, last week the 49ers did something I thought was very interesting. All right. Elijah Mitchell finished the game with 18 carries while Christian McCaffrey had 14. Now I want to say something here. That last drive to, to you know the end of the game there, Elijah Mitchell had five or six carries to put the game out of, out of reach 
you know, just to take some time off the clock, those runs up the middle that, uh, you know, just the week before that, we were criticizing Kyle, why are you running McCaffrey up the middle, uh, you know, against the Rams when the game was clearly in hand, right? So it, yeah. it's almost like he learned from that and said, you know what, you guys are right. I'm going to take the high price back uh, and I'm going to let him re- rest here. The game, we, as long as we control the clock here, we'll win this game. I'll let Elijah Mitchell, the six round guy, do it. Um, how do you think that affects a guy like Christian McCaffrey? Um, you know, being on the sideline, Christian McCaffrey, since he's been in the league, hell, since his college days, that every offense he's been a part of ran through him. And this, this, this last game, he got a chance to sit back and just chill. He got a chance to sit back and relax a little bit uh, where the team wasn't depending on him to make everything happen. Um, and even if you look at the yards per carry for the two of them in that game, I mean, it's I was, I was very happy with what I saw from Elijah Mitchell, you know. He ended up finishing the game uh, averaging uh, 4.9 a carry where Christian McCaffrey was only at 2.7 a carry. Yeah, I, I think it's more pertaining to your first question is with um, before Mitchell came back, they ran uh, McCaffrey b- between the tackles consistently. You have to show that you have to you you have to show that both backs could do both things, right? You have you you can't be like the team that says, okay, Mitchell's coming in, we're gonna run between the tackles. All right, McCaffrey's coming in, we're gonna run the outside zone. You can't do that. You have to show that both running backs have both have the ability to play both roles in your offense meet what i mean by that is inside outside catch the ball out of the backfield so you can't tip your hat and say all right chris get on the field we're gonna run the outside zone or we're gonna run a toss all right elijah hurry up get in there we're gonna motion him out we're gonna run you in between the tackles you have to play honest and you have to have both guys run your full offense because defenses will pick up on it key it and it'll be a problem and it'll take away they will shift their defense to the running back strength so if you show that McCaffrey can run between the tackles they're not going to jump outside and take away the edges so that's that part of the question and just real quick how often has in his career how many I mean Elijah Mitchell's had his decent amount of injuries in the what two years that he's been in the league right I think we can agree on that absolutely and Chris McCaffrey, granted, they weren't big injuries, uh, structural injuries, but he has his share of injuries as well. I think we can agree on that, correct? Yep. So why run one into the ground? You have, a, you have an opportunity here to extend both these guys' career and have this rotation for years to come and extend their, the, the life of their careers and still have success with the San Francisco 49ers in production and balance and both getting them equal carries. Because yeah. if one week Elijah gets 18 carries, Chris could get six catches, five catches. So, and still get his carries. It's all a part of the game. And again, yeah. it comes down to this. What is the defense going to give you? Mm-hmm. No, you're absolutely right. Because, you know, as much as I'm harping on, you know, the 18 carries for Mitchell versus the 14 for McCaffrey, McCaffrey also had four receptions in that game. Uh, for 10 yards apiece, right? And so when you add it all up, the, the, the two running backs touched the ball 37 times in that game where Christian McCaffrey actually edged out Elijah Mitchell with the total touches there. Uh, Elijah Mitchell only had the one reception that was a loss of a yard. Um, where, so, you know, you have Christian McCaffrey finishing the game there 
with uh, 18 touches, and technically Elijah Mitchell had 19. Uh, but like I said, uh, the last six of them were up the middle, you know, just to run time off the clock. So I thought it was a pretty balanced game plan for Kyle Shanahan coming out of the bye week with how he was going to deploy those two backs, man. I'm excited to see how it plays out going forward, Tony. I really am. Yeah, just like one quick one quick example, right? Everyone remembers the Natron Means, Eric Bieniemy backfield, right? You saw Natron Means come on the field. Where was he running? In between the tackles. You saw Bieniemy come on the field. Where was he running? Outside of the screen game. You don't want to get one-dimensional like that. Because I'm telling you, these defensive coordinators today will pick up on that in a heartbeat, and it will become an issue for your team. So I actually agree what Kyle's doing with the rotation, getting them in and out in the rotation, uh, showing that they can play both uh, styles and skill sets as far as inside-outside, pass receptions out of the backfield, screens, stuff like that. I like it because now you have to defend the offense and not the player. Yeah. I like it, man. Well said. Guys, that's going to do it for us tonight, man. Hopefully you guys can join us tomorrow uh, for the two different shows that we're bringing to you guys. Wanted to do something special for you guys here on Patreon. Thank you all for rocking out with us, man. We really appreciate it. Uh, Tony, anything else you want to leave the people with before we go, or are you done? I'm done. I'm going to bed. I'm tired. Oh, man, you and me both. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, We will see you guys on YouTube tomorrow. Peace. Later. We all gas, no brakes, pumped up, no fakes. We spinning, we winning, we high stakes. We never miss, we all makes. Look at us dudes trying to prove, bringing you news with nothing to lose. Mike, Nick, Tony, Wayne, Method Man, we bring the pain. Hey. See, I'ma confess it. We under the pressure. If you looking to find us. Them nothing but niners. Nothing but niners. Nothing but niners. Nothing but niners. Nothing.